about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. 
You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide his arms of faithfulness shield keeping you from harm you will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you don't fear a thing whether by day or by night demonic danger will not trouble you nor will the powers of evil be launched against you even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you good morning on this wonderful sunday morning we're so glad that you're here with us if you're watching online we just want to say welcome to you it is a great and glorious day in the lord amen Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your goodness. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. And Lord, we welcome you in our midst to do great and mighty things. Have your way, Lord Jesus, in your holy and wonderful name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship in this house today? We're going to testify first. That's what we're going to do. We're going to back into everything today. We're going to testify ahead of time. Are you ready?
Freedom is here with us. Burdens will fall like chains. Beauty will rise from the dust. All that's lost will be Let your reign of love 
captives free in this place today, Lord. Set the captives free. Your healing power is moving in the minds and the hearts of people. Healing every broken bone. You're mending every broken heart. Your love is pouring out upon us, Jesus. Worship you in this Do 
our praises. Amen. Amen. Father, we're so grateful for your presence here this morning. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. He's demonstrating. He's showing your power. And Lord, you're speaking to us and we're listening. Be still and know that I am your God, says the Lord. Be still and know, and I will give you the victory over every foe. Be still and know, and in my presence you will grow. Be still and know, for it is your time to experience my goodness and my hand in this land. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. And we are glad that you are here. You're in a good place. And God has something for you today. He, he knows the end before the beginning. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we like to speak the word here, don't Amen. we? Yes. So I want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith about resting in God. Let's make our confession. Jesus, Jesus is, is Lord, Lord and Master. And Master. 
and, and we, we are, are always learning about him, his ways and his kingdom. We willingly and faithfully come to Jesus to find rest for our souls. The Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light. We do his will because it is our delight. His gentleness and humility give us great peace and security. We choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, and we remain secure and at rest in the Almighty's shadow. He alone is our refuge, our fortress, our God in whom we trust. The Lord has rescued our life from death. He bountifully blesses us and is always good to us. Therefore, we rest in him. Because God's peace is with us and in us, we do not worry and we cast all our cares on him. We are confident in Christ and enter into his divine rest by faith. The Lord freely offers rest to all of us and we receive it because we believe it. God's rest refreshes our souls. We are God's people and there remains a Sabbath rest for us today. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you here. Are your bones singing? Yeah, I like that line. Our bones are singing because the life from the blood of Jesus is flowing through us and singing. Hallelujah. Think of the blood of Jesus singing in our bodies. Woohoo. Okay. Hello again. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here we go. You ready? Okay. <laughs> there is so much joy up here. Oh my goodness. Okay. I just won't look at you for a moment so I can say what, what's happening because joy is just like bursting out of each of your faces. It's awesome. <laughs> okay, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we are extending beyond October as we are blessing Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona with gifts to, so they can take a vacation in July of next year. There's... Um, container over there that you can put your gifts or <coughs> you can just give it to them. Hallelujah. Woo! Okay, October, our missions project is Bishop Keegan. His orphanage in Kenya is re- needs to replace the tent that they use for most of their functions. So let's bless him with full payment of this tent by the end of October. $2,700, we got this in our pockets. Let's put it in their market tent for Kenya, and it will be given to him and bless the children that he's ministering to in Kenya. Whew. Okay. Hmm. 
<laughs> That's only two. Come up here and help me. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Commission Club. That's where we send people from our church around the world. And we are sending Dr. Fiona, Melissa, and Lisa to Guyana to bless the children home. Woo! Hallelujah! So, this is double-double. Orphanage in Kenya, orphanage in Guyana. If you want to know more about it, you can just ask Devon. He knows a lot about the orphanage in Guyana. He can give you the ins and outs. And, um, yeah, we're blessed to have you with us here. And we're glad that you're here. And Kelly, his sister, is in Oklahoma at Rama with Gabe and Sean and Kelsey. So we are growing and flowing. And the word the Lord keeps saying to me is flourishing. All the time you just say, I am flourishing in the courts of the Lord. I am flourishing in everything that I do. Flourish, flourish, flourish. So we want these ministries, ministering to orphans, to flourish, to flourish. So ask the Lord, where is your flourish release into these projects and missions trips? And we're so blessed to be able to send Melissa and Lisa and Dr. Fiona on this trip. Oh boy. That's three. Woohoo. <laughs> okay, page number two. Okay. I'm telling you people, if you want to come up here as like power right here. <laughs> I know some of you might not believe me, but there's different flows and different um you know. <laughs> Nelson, I won't look at Nelson, okay. Okay, this generation is our ministry into the Palmyra Middle School. Hallelujah, these kids are excited and they are evangelists. They are doing the inviting of their classmates and friends and bringing them to this generation. That happens on Tuesdays from 125 to 225. You can participate in that in many ways. Just talk to me. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and then Tuesday evening, we have our Air Force youth group. New generation. So we got this generation and we have new generation because we serve a God of the generations. Hallelujah. Woo. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. here, ages 12 and up. And then we have Wednesday night refreshing at 630 Right here, you want to be here and be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. And then Thursday, we have Bible Adventure, and that's for kids in third, fourth, and fifth grades in Forge and Northside Elementary Schools. And they are excited to come here and hear about Jesus, learn that the Bible is all true, and it's God's word spoken by the Holy Spirit through people who wrote it down. And it's alive for their life to live in victory every day. Woo, that happens Thursdays in the afternoon sometime, and you can see Miss Chris about that. Dun-dun-dun, on the last page. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can here to keep it together. <laughs> okay, okay, wow, this is exciting. We've been talking about the men's conference, and it's here. Let me tell you, 
I'm not only excited that it's here, but it was several years ago in prayer. The Lord showed me this building full of men for a conference. And this is why I get super excited because we're filling up this place. I don't know how many years they've been doing the Everyday Hero Men's Conference, but it's been going on for a while. And you want to be here, men and boys, ages 12 and up, just go find somebody. It's in the Bible. There was a banquet, and the guest couldn't come for one reason or another. And the person that had the banquet said, well, go to the highways and the byways and invite anyone you see. So start inviting guys ages 12 and up to come to Victor Christian Fellowship, Pamara, PA, for the Everyday Hero Men's Conference and level up. And in case you don't know what level up means, you come here and find out. And you know what? You're not only going to find out, it's going to happen. You are going to level up, and then you can tell people about it, right? Woo! And Nelson had a vision, or I'm not sure what he shared with me, that there were guys after this conference said, that said, oh, when they heard what happened here, oh, I should have been there. Oh, I wish I was there. I said, Nelson, this is what we're going to turn this around and say, they're going to be here so they can say, I am so glad I was here. I am so glad I was here. Yes. So we just turn that around because God wants the men here. He, he loves you so much. And he has so much for you. Woo! And guess what? I'm going to be here as a volunteer because I, I ain't staying away. I'm going to find out what Level Up's about and what God has. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. I saw a ladies' conference in California, and there was like just about as many men. I'm like, yeah, let's you know, let's slip on in there and let's like partake. Yeah, let's partake. Okay. Hoo hoo hoo. So that's Friday, six o'clock to nine o'clock. And let me tell you, these guys eat. They have a feast. They have a feast. I mean, ladies, we prepare food for you. But they prepare feast. How does it go, Stephen? Your feast is my snack. Your feast. Yeah. So the ladies' feast is the guy's snack. Yeah. And so when they get together for a men's conference, they lay it all out. You guys have a feast and a food. You have worship. And you have a message and gifts. Hey, I was driving around picking up gift cards. You want to be here. I I mean, I'm just going to give you a sneak peek. I love this presentation of a gift card from Dairy Queen. He taped it on the bottom of an 8-inch cake plate, put the plastic thing on top, and said this is the gift card for a free ice cream cake. I like, now I like that packaging up deal. That's a good idea. You know, one day there will be a car here with keys as the gift. Yeah, I just saw that. Oh, yeah, you want to be here. Woo-hoo. We never know when it's going to come. It's like the coming of the Lord. Woo. Woo-hoo. I'm almost done. Okay, that's Friday night and Saturday. But if you can only come to one, just come to one. At least come to one. But come to both. Do what you need to do. Ask for help to rearrange your schedule. And be here, men. Saturday starts at 8.30 in the morning, and it's done at noon. And then you have the rest of the day to just level up in glory. Woo! 
You'll just be floating around in the glory of the Lord. Okay, I'm at the bottom of my last page. <clears throat> vote. Go vote. Yep. You don't want to miss the boat. You want to go vote. Yes. Righteousness. Life. That's what we want to vote for. And pray. Send angels. Oh, yeah. And the blood of Jesus. We are one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice. I grew up when we still said the pledge. And we're bringing that back. Where there is honor in the schools, honor in the courts, honor in every area of government. And you know, I heard the word infrastructure today. Yeah, the winner's circle, David Oyedipo. The infrastructure. He said it like five times in one sentence. So infrastructure, the blood of Jesus and all the infrastructures of our life. And I have finished and I am leaving now. Thank you and God bless you. <laughs> and I'm drunk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> If you'd like to get in the joy, it's available. How do I get in? Just start yielding to the joy. We have the most anointed uh, announcements ever. I love our announcers. They do such a fantastic job. Glory to God. And I uh, just want to remind you that, um, you know, we are a, a, a membership church, and if you desire to be a member, we can get some information to you. Um, a membership is a relationship. And the member brings something, and the church has something, and God puts them together, and there's a great mutual exchange that takes place. And uh, also, too, um, you know, I... One At one time, I studied the book of Proverbs, and the Lord showed me that there are eight reasons why someone would prosper according to the book of Proverbs. There's giving, there's walking in righteousness, um, but there's one way, and, and that's having wisdom. You know, wisdom is more profitable than anything that you could ever have. Uh, let me just read something from Proverbs 3. Uh, verses 13 to 18, and uh, Proverbs 3, 13 to 18, it says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. How many want to be blessed? Yes. Well, then you got to find wisdom. Yes. Where's wisdom? It's Jesus. He's our wisdom. We have the spirit of wisdom, right? God has wisdom. But we got to find it. When you find wisdom, the man who gains understanding... For she is more profitable, she is talking about wisdom, more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. 
Nothing you desire can compare with her wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. And you can get a hold of both hands. Hallelujah. You can get a hold of both hands. Long life and riches and honor. You don't have to have one hand over the other. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. You got to embrace wisdom. To those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Because I found wisdom. If you found Jesus, you found wisdom. Amen. And uh, wisdom wants you blessed. Wisdom has the capacity to make you blessed. And, uh, you know, you're here today. You can give any time during the service. If you're watching online, you can give through our website. And, uh, you know, giving, God appreciates your giving. You know why? Because he loves seed. He receives seed and he makes it grow and multiply. Amen. Seeds are powerful. Seeds can break through concrete. Hallelujah. Seeds can do amazing things. So, Father, I call every giver and their gifts blessed today. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you pour out your goodness and you prosper the givers, you protect them, and you uh, provide for them, Father. And we just give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We have awesome kids and kids' life teachers in this place. We want to dismiss you to your class today. So, kids, have a good time in your class. Be blessed. Glory to God. Yeah, I think this is our seventh or eighth conference. I'm not exactly sure of the number. But uh, it happens once a year. We're excited about it. John George is going to be our guest speaker, and he'll also be with us next Sunday. He's an evangelist out of Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with Willie George and Gospel Bill, but this is uh, Willie George's uh, brother, Brother John. So, amen. Were you ready for the word today? I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And today I want to talk about the difference between being planted and buried. There's a difference between being planted and being buried. <laughs> you know, I was, I was led to this passage of scripture and, and you know, you're going to be, you, you, when you start reading this, you'll, you'll probably be familiar with the story. But I knew that there was something different that the Lord wanted to bring out of this. And uh, so in uh, Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14, Matthew 25:14, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, unto another two, and to another one. To every man 
according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents, notice this, he went and traded with the same. He took his talents and he went and started doing something with them. And made another five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Another word for hid is buried. The Amplified uses the word buried. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came, and he reckoned with them. And so he, had, he, so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Everybody say more. The Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's our goal of Christian life, right? To hear the, to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You don't want to hear the Lord say, you're done. You want, to, you want, to, you want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? <laughs> he said, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And the same thing went for the uh, one with the two talents. Then verse 24, then he which had received one talent, he came and said, Lord, I know you that you are a hard man. Really? How come the other two servants didn't say that he was a hard man? And uh, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. Does God reap where he hasn't sown? No. Everywhere that God has reaped, he's sown. Amen? And, uh, and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid. Everybody say, afraid. He was fearful. He was bound by the spirit of fear. And went... And hid your talent in the earth. Lo, there were, uh, here uh, is what is yours. The Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. You uh, ought to therefore have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should receive with uh, own usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto everyone that has shall be given. And he shall have an abundance. But from him that has not, it shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this didn't turn out so good. I'm going to call these people the five, the two, and the one. 
just to keep it easier, right? So a man, there was a rich man, he, he, had, he gave three servants talents. He shared his goods with them, and he was going to go away for a long journey, right? And uh, the five gained five, the two gained two, but the one, he did something totally different. He took what was given to him, and he went and hid it in the ground. He went and uh, he wasn't planning on using it. He wasn't planning on doing anything with it. He was going to hide it out of sight, out of mind. Right? You ever hear, hear that phrase? And the five and the two, as soon as they were given some things, they went into action. They acted on what they had been given, on what they had received. They started trading. They started using it. They started investing it. They started planting it. Because there is a difference that you will see in just a moment between planting and burying. All right? The five and the two, they took responsibility. They increased mightily. The one shunned his responsibility. And he ended up with scarcity. He ended up with nothing. Not only did he end up with nothing, he was cast out into outer darkness. Because he never utilized the Lord's free gift. He never did anything with the gift. And uh, the five and the two, they acted in faith. They were diligent. They utilized wisdom. Hey, God gave me this. I'm going to use it. I'm going to put it to work. You know, Jesus came to work for you. But once you receive him, you got to work for him. Amen? Jesus never calls a bench warmer into his family. You know what a bench warmer is? Someone that never gets in the game. Someone that just sits on the bench, right? I played uh, sports. I played basketball, football, and uh, baseball. I was, uh, you know, I, I like being in the game, not on the bench. Amen? And uh, the, the five and the two, see, planting is making an investment in the future. When you plant something, you're expecting something to come up out of it, right? When you bury something, you're not expecting it to come back. When you bury a person, you're not expecting them to come back the next day. I mean, yes, there's going to be a resurrection, and they're going to come when the Lord returns. They're, you know, they're going to be given their glorified body, and in the twinkling of an eye, you know, graves are going to shake. That's going to be a day. Amen? But when you bury something, you know, if someone were to say to you, I'm going to bury you, does that mean they want you to have a good future? No. It means they want to stop you in your tracks, right? They want to end what you've been doing, okay? The five and the two, they planted their talents. They were ready to celebrate the harvest with their master. They were excited when their master came back. Why? Look what we did for you, master. Look, the increase that we brought to you. You gave me this, and we added five more. You gave me this, and I added two more. 
And did not the master celebrate their success? Yeah. Because he says when you're faithful in the little, God will make you ruler over much. So if you want to be a ruler, then you have to be faithful. You can't, God's not going to make you a ruler who's not faithful in the little. All right? So the five and the two, they received God's well done. They were deemed good and faithful servants. The one who buried what was given him with nothing to show for it. He had a bad attitude about his master. He had bad negative thoughts about his master. How come the other two servants didn't have those thoughts? You know, the five and the two, they didn't say, man, this is really hard. What are we going to do with this stuff? They knew exactly what to do with what they were given. Everybody say, do something. You know, the Bible encourages us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. When you hear the word of God, you are going to have to do something to activate that word. You can't just hear the word of God and do nothing and expect that word to be activated in your life. Faith requires action. Now, the action could be as simple as speaking. It could be as simple as moving. You know, you've heard this story before, but uh, years ago, uh, when I was single, I was attending a church in Illinois, and uh, I was working for a tree doctor. So um, I got paid to climb trees. It was, the great, <laughs> it was a great job. And, uh, you know, sometimes I would always go out on a limb or, you know, maybe they thought about starting a branch office. No, just kidding. Well, anyway, we worked late, and so um, I got to church late, and worship was already going, and I kind of sat in the back towards the aisle there, and they were singing songs about joy. And all of a sudden, in my heart, didn't hear an audible voice, but I had this impression, if you're joyful, why don't you act like it? And I thought, hmm, you know, you're right. So what did I do? I stepped out into the aisle. And I started to move my feet. And the more I moved my feet, the easier it it became. Amen? Why? God was speaking to me, but it required me to act on what he was saying. You know, God expects us to obey his word. Right? So the one did not trust his master. If the master gave it to him, the master knew that he was qualified to do something with it. Whatever God gives you, he knows you can handle, he knows you can do, he knows you can carry it out. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given it to you. Like Moses. Moses is on the backside of the desert, minding sheep. And all of a sudden, he sees a bush on fire that's not burning. He goes, hmm, I'm going to go check this out. God knows how to get a hold of you. He knows exactly where you are, right? So God began to speak to Moses at the bush, out of the bush that was on fire, but it wasn't burning. There was a fire there, but there was no crackling wood. It was the glory of God. It was the presence of the Almighty. And he began to tell Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to deliver my people. And then Moses began to make excuses why he couldn't do what God was telling him to do. Now, I know no one here has ever made excuses. 
about what God was telling you to do, and you were telling God why you couldn't do what he was telling you to do, right? The very fact that God was speaking to Moses knew that Moses was capable to do what he was telling him to do. If God didn't think he was capable, he wouldn't be having that conversation. The very fact that God speaks to you and God talks to you, he knows that what he is saying to you, you can do, you can have, you can be. The more Moses made excuses as to why he couldn't do what God said, was God getting happier or angry? He was getting angry. Why? When you're telling God that you can't do what he's telling you to do, you're calling him a liar. So needless to say, Moses did not win out on making excuses for God. Guess what? He still had to go to Egypt. He still had to deliver the people. You might as well just say yes. Why go through all the trouble of making excuses? Well, but God this, but God, God doesn't care about you that yet, but Lord. He just wants you to do what he's telling you to do. This, the one thought the master was unfair. Maybe he thought that the master wouldn't provide for him. Or maybe he thought because I have such an insignificant amount that the master's not going to miss it. Just because you have a smaller amount than someone else does not give you the right to neglect it. Okay? The master was not pleased with the one. He was pleased with the five and the two because even though the five had more than the two, they both did something with what they had. Okay? Unfaithfulness lost all to faithfulness. Laziness lost to diligence. Fear lost to faith. So if you're... Now, when I was preparing this, the Lord was reminding me that we need to apply these principles to our spiritual development. How diligent are we to be like Christ? How do we approach the study of the word? Oh, God gave me this book, so I'm too busy to spend any time in it. What am I doing? I'm hiding it. I'm neglecting it. I'm not doing anything with what God's given me. We got to approach our spiritual development like the five and the two. Did you know that God is interested in us growing in our knowledge of God? He does not want us to have the same amount of knowledge of God that we had last year. We ought to be increasing. We ought to be growing. We ought to be developing. We ought to be flourishing. Amen? Amen. This is what God wants in his kingdom. Okay? Doing nothing lost to doing something. Okay, I'm going to give you those again. Un, un, this is all characteristics of the one. Unfaithfulness lost to faithfulness. Laziness lost to diligence. Fear lost to faith. And doing nothing lost to doing something. Who's God going to reward more? Someone who does nothing or someone who does something? Amen? 
Sometimes you just need to take a step in the right direction and God will meet you. But you've got to take the step. God won't do anything until you make a step. What does James tell us? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Why does he want us to make the? He already made the first move. He already came from heaven. He already finished his work. Now it's your turn. The ball is in your court. What are you going to do with what God's given you? What are you going to do with what God has spoken to you? Are you going to let the world stop you from doing what God said to do? Are you going to let your family stop you from doing what God said to do? You're not going to stand before the world. You're not going to stand before your family, but you will stand before God at the end of your life. Hallelujah. Hmm. So he lost his talent and he gave it to the one that had ten. The, the, the master considered this servant worthless and he cast him out. And uh, how, uh, God is so good. You know, faithfulness in very little, when you're faithful with a little, you get your full reward. Amen. And uh, limited opportunities do not condone neglect. Well, I don't, I don't have as many opportunities as he does. Doesn't matter. What are you doing with the opportunities that you have? Don't listen. Don't be comparing yourself with others. We can only compare ourselves with Jesus. How are we lining up with the word? How am I reflecting Jesus? How am I acting like Jesus? Not like anybody else. Amen? Now, think about this. This guy was given a talent, but he didn't. He wasn't idle. He took his talent and started digging a hole. He was digging in the earth. He was attached to the world. He wasn't doing nothing. He took what he was given and he went and dug a hole where the five and the two, they took what they were given and they went and traded it. Would you rather trade it or dig a hole? What's going to pay you more? What you doing? I'm digging a hole. What you going to do? I'm going to put my talent in this hole. This is a beautiful hole. Oh, look at this hole. I'm going to bury what has been given to me. Because I don't expect to use it. I don't expect to put it into practice. I don't expect to live it. So I'm going to bury it. Because there's a difference between burying and planting. Hallelujah. So fear kept his talent buried in the ground. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for people to see this talent. I'm afraid to use this talent. I don't know how to use it. I don't know where I could use it. I don't know what to do with it. All questions that the five and the two did not have. They knew knew what to do with it. Listen, when God gives you something, you know what to do with it. Amen? God made you intelligent. He made you smart. I don't care what the world says about you. You are smart and intelligent. You are created in the image and the likeness of God. Yeah. 
He thought I'd just keep this talent safe until the master returns. That wasn't the will of the master. He was concerned about his own feelings more than the word of the master. Amen? God wants you to use what he's given to you for his kingdom, for his glory. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul? He was using his education and his training and his gifts to persecute Christians. He put a lot of effort and energy into that. He was very diligent. He was very focused. He was driven. If you're of the way, I'm after you. I'm putting a mark on you. I'm going to come after you. And he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. He is going to imprison believers. He's on his way doing his own will because he thinks in his own mind that what he's doing is right. And then he meets the master and finds out all he's been doing, the way he's been living, has been wrong. And after three days... Did it take long for Paul to change his mind? No, actually, when he was blind, he made his mind up then. God just gave him three days to really think about it. Paul, from that moment that he met the master on the road to Damascus, he no longer persecuted Christians. In that moment, he stopped. He had an encounter with God. He stopped doing what he was doing because it was wrong. He stopped living the way he was living because it was wrong. And he started living a new life. He started doing a new thing. He started a new career. And he went to the Arabia University to get his career, his degree. Right? He went to the desert. Why? Because he had a revelation from God. The man who persecuted Christians is now planting churches. Glory to God. He's now, utilizing, he's now utilizing his talent and his gift for what God intended him for. Amen? So, the parable, this parable teaches us against idleness or worldliness, or being worldly-minded, or lacking responsibility, uh, or derelicting our duty. And it teaches us to be a traitor an investor, an implanter in the kingdom of God, not a digger. You've got to be an investor, not a digger. Amen? There was a time when I thought a PhD was a post hole digger. Or, or back in the 80s, it was a Pentecostal hairdo. <laughs> PhD. No, it's a doctor of philosophy. And uh, so... Here was this uh, person, and uh, this is what it teaches us. Now, did you know that God can do a lot with a little? Go with me to uh, Matthew, or go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And we're going to look at verse 5. Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith. (laughs) He didn't really give them an answer on how to increase it. He told them to use what they've been given. If you want to increase your faith, 
Use the faith that you've been given. What did Jesus say? If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say, what is saying? Saying is acting. Saying is doing. Saying is taking what you received and putting it into practice. You might say unto this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. You could move a planted tree if you had faith, if you just used the faith that you have. Now, a mustard seed, he, a mustard seed is the smallest seeds, but it becomes the largest herb with branches. The seed has the ability to increase, to grow. What do you do? do you, how many gardeners are in here? Do you bury seeds or do you plant seeds? You never say, I'm burying a garden. You always say, I'm planting a garden. Why? Because you're expecting something to come out of the seeds you put in the ground. You don't, if you say, I'm burying a garden, that means you're tilling it up and you're not going to use it anymore. You never say, I'm burying a garden. Right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God can do a lot with a little. He took a little boy's lunch. Go go to John 6 for a minute. Go to John 6. You got to see this. Look at... uh, Verse 9, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but John 6, verse 9, you know, the, the, Jesus told the, the disciples to feed the multitude, okay? And uh, verse 9, it says, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but notice this phrase, but what are they among so many? In other words, the disciple is saying, what I have is insufficient to meet the need. Okay? Should we just discard it? Should we just put it away? Should we just forget about it? No. Take the little that you have and do something with it. Act on it. Notice, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. He is preparing them, right? Now, here was, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves. In order for him to take the loaves, they had to have been given to him. Because Jesus is not a thief. He didn't just say, give me those loaves, boy. (laughs) No, the little boy was connected to the disciples, and the disciples brought the boy to Jesus, and he gave Jesus his lunch, the insufficient, the little amount, but, oh, it became, it became much when he did something with it. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Say, as much as they would. I'm telling you, God took this little amount and made so much that he put no restriction on how much you could eat. He knew that Stephen was coming for lunch. 
So the one was really lazy. Now, what if we're lazy in our spiritual development? What if we're not taking the time to develop our spirits? Because guess what? You know, we're living in a world that's a little bit chaotic, right? You're going to have to have a strong spirit to be able to stand like a light in this place. Amen? And believe me, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. When you're with Jesus, you are a majority. You're not a minority. Amen? Amen. But we got to keep ourselves strong. So let me just give you some things about what the Bible says about laziness. You know, the Bible addresses this issue. We're going to get to the difference between planting and bearing here. Just, just hold on, okay? okay? Revelation's coming. Yes. All right? So in Matthew 25, 26, the Bible called this, he called him a wicked, lazy, or slothful, lazy servant, Right? So uh, in Proverbs 6, 6, the Bible tells the lazy one to go to the ant, right? The ant is a talent multiplier. The ant gathers in summer. The ant has no ruler. The ant goes about its business gathering, preparing, bringing in, right? He said, he told the lazy person to go watch the ant. You can learn a lot by watching ants, Right? Because the ant is a, observe her ways, the Bible says. Okay? Um, Proverbs 6, 9 says, how long will you lie down, O lazy one? Oh, is it 10 o'clock on Sunday? I want to sleep some more. No. When will you arise from your sleep? Sleep and slumber, folding of the hands, and a little down to rest, and it leads to poverty. Laziness leads to poverty. When you're lazy spiritually, you're spiritually poor. When you're not doing the things that we need to do to develop our spirits, okay? Proverbs 10.4, it says poverty is a result of negligence, idleness, sleeping in harvest, ignoring opportunities, and acting shamefully. That's just a summary, Okay? Uh, Proverbs 10.4, though, it says riches come through diligence. So diligence is the opposite of laziness. All right? And the Bible says for us to be diligent. Proverbs 10.26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy one who sends him to work. Laziness is irritating to employers. You know, sometimes I drink apple cider vinegar and lemon. And when I do, Josiah and Dr. Fiona say, are you drinking that again? I say, oh, <laughs> yes. Proverbs twelve twenty four, the diligent rule, they oversee, they manage, they supervise, but the negligent or the lazy are put in forced labor. So there's a difference, okay? The five and the two were diligent, the one was lazy, although he took the time to dig a hole. That still, that still cracks me up. You're lazy, but you took the time to dig a hole. You might as well do something productive with it. Why just dig a hole? Why, why go to the shed, get a shovel, and start digging when you could have made some money with it? It's amazing. 
Proverbs 12, 27, laziness won't catch and roast prey. Thought that was funny. A wise man is diligent and he recognizes opportunities and seizes them. All right. Proverbs 15, 19, laziness is like a hedge of thorns. It pricks, it lacerates, and it entangles. The way of the upright is smooth like an open highway. All right. Proverbs 19.24, the lazy man buries his hand in the food dish, but will not bring it to his mouth. Oh, my goodness. That's what the Bible says. His hand gets stuck in the, in the oatmeal, and he can't bring it to his mouth because he's lazy. <laughs> Proverbs 20, verse 4, the lazy man does not plow when... Uh, when the winter season arrives, so he begs at the harvest and has nothing. Okay? Proverbs 24:30 says, The field of a lazy man and a vineyard of a man lacking understanding and common sense, it's overgrown with thorns and nettles, its stone wall is broken down, sleep and slumber, folding of the hands and daydreaming, a lack of focus, it invites poverty like a robber or want like an armed man. That's laziness. Say, I'm not lazy. Say, I'm diligent. Now, we're going to get to the good part of the message. The difference between being planted or buried. I ask this question, are you a buried treasure or a planted seed? Buried treasure, you know, it doesn't change in value. It remains what it is until it's uncovered. But a seed becomes something more than what it was. Do you live like you're planted or buried? Seeds are planted in anticipation of a future harvest. Seeds are not buried only to be dug up again. You don't bury a seed so you can dig it up again. Why? It never takes root. You bury the dead, but you plant a seed. You bury things you want to get rid of, but you plant a seed. Like I said, you never said, I bury my garden. (laughs) Amen? Planting is associated with life, newness, and fruitfulness. You bury things to hide them, leave something, or end something. There is no expectation of a future return. We don't plan to dig them up again. If it's a treasure, you can bury it, hoping to come back one day and retrieve it, but you hide it for what we believe to be safekeeping. How many ever put cash under the mattress? Right? I'm, keep, I'm safekeeping it. All right? God plants you in a place where you can grow. Satan wants to bury you to confine you so you can't grow. I'm going to give you some scriptures here in just a minute. There's a difference between planting and burying. The key is how we respond when situations arise. It was the response of the five and two that made the difference in what they were given. And it was the response of the one where he went and buried what he was given. Both responded, but one, two responded in the right way. One responded in the wrong way. His response proved what he received. Did you know in the Bible when you sow nothing, you get nothing? 
Jesus said, in, uh, the Bible says in, in Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, there is seed, time, and harvest. He didn't say there's burying. And he said seed, time, and harvest. Okay? All right. A planted mentality or a mindset says, I have a future. A buried mentality or mindset says, I'm stuck and I can't. A planted mentality, I have a future. I have potential. I can do great things. A buried mentality, I can't. I'm stuck. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. How many has ever said, I'm buried in a bunch of paperwork? That means there's no end in sight. Someone wants to invite you to an event, but you can't go, I'm buried in paperwork. Right? That means you're confined. You can't go. You can't be released. When you plant a seed, you fully expect new life to result. Amen? Now, yes, you put the seed in the ground. And yes, you cover it in dirt. But while it's in the darkness, while it's under the dirt, it doesn't remain the same. It gets transformed. It becomes something else. It becomes something greater. A metamorphosis takes takes place when you put the seed in the ground and you put dirt on it. And something results as, as because it was planted. Amen? A seed changes in the dark, moist soil into something different. And you want the seed to become much more. One seed. One seed of corn put in the ground becomes a stalk of corn with hundreds and hundreds of seeds on the stalk. It multiplies. A seed can't multiply unless it's planted. But if a seed is buried, it's not going to change. It's not going to transform. It's going to be the same. Go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. And let's look at verse 3. This is what uh, preaching the year of Jubilee says. This is what Jesus quoted when he read in Luke chapter 4. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And they said, this scripture is fulfilled today. Amen. Look at verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If some of you are heavy today, you got to just change clothes. Put on the garment of praise. How do you do that? You start praising God. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He did not call you the burying of the Lord. He called you the planting of the Lord. Why? Because he expects fruit from your life. He put the incorruptible seed, which is his word, into your heart, and he expects a fruitful life in return. You are the planting of the Lord. You're a tree of righteousness. Glory to God. So that the Lord may be glorified. God wants to hear you glorify him. God wants to see you glorify him. God wants your behavior to glorify him. 
Everything that we need to do, we need to glorify the Lord. We can do that when we're planted and not buried. Burying the talent did not glorify the master. It's when the talents were given and traded and increased that glorified the master. Right? Planting is something we do not just for ourselves, but in the hope of sharing with others. Satan wants you to feel that you're buried. Satan wants to bury you in guilt. He wants to bury you in shame. He wants to bury you in regret. He wants to bury you in fear. He wants to bury you in addiction. He wants to bury you in lies. And he wants you to remain buried, stuck in the dark. Do you realize the Bible even says that if Satan knew what Jesus was going to do on the resurrection, they would have never crucified the Lord. But he had no clue. He thought he was burying Jesus, but God knew he was planting Jesus. Because out of that ground in three days was going to come up a resurrected body. Hallelujah. God knew what he was doing. Satan thought he was, be, he was burying, but God knew he was planting. Yes. Hallelujah. Woo. You've got to remind yourself that you've been planted, who planted you, and why he planted you there. Why did God bring you here? There's a reason why you're here. Oh, I just happened to be here. No, you didn't just happen to be here. Whether you realize it or not, God brought you here. He's got something for you. So what are you going to do with what he's been giving you here? How are you going to put it into practice? How are you going to live it? Remind yourself where, where you've been planted. You know, God puts people in the body that pleases him. He doesn't put people in the body that makes them feel good. Amen? So you've got to remember who planted you. You're the planting of the Lord. Say, I'm the planting of the Lord. Did God give you a future? Yeah, so then he planted you. He's expecting something in return. Amen? Amen. And and why he planted you there? Why did God put you there? Why did God put you in Palmyra? Why did God put you at VCF? Amen? There's a reason. Hallelujah. All right? Here's just a few words about planting. Did you know that Genesis 2, God planted a garden. He didn't bury a garden, he planted a garden. Why? He expected fruit to come out of that garden. Noah planted a vineyard. He expected grapes to come out, right? Of course, the grapes got him in trouble. It, was the, it, was, it wasn't the grapes, it was that grape juice he was drinking. <laughs> got him in trouble. Uh, in Genesis 21:33, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord. He planted, and there he called on the name of the Lord. Genesis 26:12, Isaac planted seed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Yes, hallelujah. He didn't bury the seed; he planted the seed. Why? He was expecting increase. How many are expecting increase? Yes. How many are expecting growth? Yes. Amen. The planted grow, the buried stay where they are. Be planted, not buried. 
<laughs> in the seven years of plenty under Joseph in Egypt, the earth produced plenty for each seed planted. He produced so much grain that he couldn't even count it anymore. So much harvest was, was as a result of the planting. Why? Because there were seven years of abundance. They were getting ready for seven years of famine. Amen? Isaiah 44, verse 2. Look, look at that. Look at that. Look at Isaiah. I'm sorry. Psalm. Psalm 44, verse 2. Psalm 44, verse 2. Look at this. This is powerful. How did you drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them, talking about Israel? How did you afflict the people and cast them? God planted, where did he plant Israel? He planted them in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And yes, they were scattered all around the world. But in 1948, what happened? They came back to Israel and became a nation again after being scattered. That's the power of planting. Planting will last generations. Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Look at this scripture. There's a difference between planting and burying. Psalm 1, verse 3. It reiterates what Isaiah said. And he shall be like a tree, what? Planted by the rivers of water. You You got access to rivers. And the main river you need access to is the one that flows from God's throne room. That brings forth fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The planting prosper. The buried do not. Because the the man with the one buried his talent. And he lost all that he had. He gained nothing from burying what he had. But the two and the five, they got an abundance plus recognition plus promotion for what they did. Amen? Go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. And verse 13. Well... Look at verse 12, Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a what? A palm tree. How does palm trees come? They come from palm that are planted, palm kernels, right? He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. We're in Lebanon County, so you're you're scheduled to grow, all right? Those that he planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you want to flourish as a believer, you've got to be planted in his house. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Hallelujah. Some of us that are older ought to rejoice about that. You can still, you, you are not disqualified from bringing forth fruit. Age has nothing to do with fruitfulness. It has whether or not you're planted or buried. If you're planted in the house, you're going to produce some fruit. We're going to make some fruit pies, glory to God. We're going to have some love pies, some joy pies. 
Pastor Nadine was eating a joy pie today. Hallelujah. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Boy, when you're planted, I'm telling you, glory to God, you're a tree of righteousness. Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. What did God increase? God increased what's planted. Amen? Hallelujah. People buried the dead. Uh, people, uh, and then burying is, is symbolic of b- baptism, but that's a planting because it also ties with resurrection. Amen? Amen? So there's a difference between planting. If you want to stop God's provision, then bury your seed. But if you want to, God's provision in your life, plant your seed. Yes. Amen? Amen? When you plant something, there's an expectation. Yes. You know, when you plant a seed, there is a picture of your harvest before you plant, right? The seed actually comes in a package of the picture of what you want to reap. Guess what? You've got to have a picture of what you want to have as you're putting your seed in the ground. Amen? There's a difference between planting and burying. You know... Sometimes people bury things because they're indecisive. Indecision. Which way should I go? You know, indecision is double-mindedness. Hallelujah. I've had great help to overcome indecision. Hallelujah. I'm learning more and more to make quicker decisions and just stick with it. Don't doubt, don't, you know, just stick with it. Amen? Amen. Because think about what that one was thinking. Okay? The master calls the servants to himself. And he's distributing his goods. Here, here, here. According to everyone's ability. Right? All of them were there. They all saw what each one got. But in, in the one's mind... Maybe he had low self-esteem. Maybe he didn't think that he could do anything great or be anything great. So I'll just hide it and then maybe I could be relieved of my responsibility. But he had, he understood that it was the Lord's, his master's, even while he was burying it, you know, because he was hoping to return it to the master. You know, the master didn't give you a gift to return it to him. He wants the fruit out of what he's given you. He wants the increase out of what he's given you. Amen? Hallelujah. So, sometimes we stop the flow of provision by our own thoughts, our own actions. God's plan works. You know, he encourages us to store up treasures in heaven. Amen? So what have you been hiding today? What have you buried today? 
I want you to be a planter, an investor, a trader in the things of God. Amen? You have a testimony to give. You have a story to tell. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Amen? Satan cannot stop one who is planted. Because when you're planted in God, you will thrive and you will flourish. There's a difference. Amen? Say, there's a difference between planting and burying. Hallelujah. I'm going to plant. Why? Because I expect growth out of what I plant. I expect increase out of what I plant. I expect more from what I planted. Amen? We got to raise our expectancy. And we got to, and faith expects things. Amen? Faith expects things to happen. Hallelujah. Even if it looks impossible, God says, I specialize in impossibilities. I have made impossibilities possible to the planted. Hallelujah. And you know, 1 Peter 2 says God's word is incorruptible seed. It's an incorruptible seed. It can't be corrupted. It can't be destroyed. And he plants this seed in our hearts. And when it's planted in our hearts, then John 15 said we become fruitful. God expects us to be fruitful. And when we produce some fruit, he'll prune us to produce more fruit. We'll never get to the point where we're, we're, we've produced enough fruit. Until you graduate and leave this earth. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. What kind, of, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind you? Start planting right now for that legacy. Amen? Amen. Don't bury the past. Plant your future. You want to change your outcome? Change what you're planting. Amen? Two out of the three, two-thirds, planted, increased, grew, rejoiced, and were promoted. But only one went and buried what he had been given, and it amounted to nothing. He was considered wicked, lazy, and was thrown out into outer darkness. And you know what? God gave us the greatest gift of all, Jesus. Amen? You know, Jesus is your ticket out of hell. Hell was originally planned for the devil. It wasn't designed for man. But man allowed sin in this earth by disobeying God, and sin affected us all. But those of you that are born again, you are not just an old sinner saved by grace anymore. You are a new creature. The sin nature has been taken out. Amen? You know, if you want to bury something, let's bury sin. We don't want to uncover it. We don't want it to produce more. We don't want to consider it. Let's bury the sin. I mean, let's walk in righteousness. Hallelujah. If you want to bury something, bury sin. Bury bad habits. Right? Bury negative words. Right? If you want to bury something, bury those things. But plant things that you want to produce. Plant things that you want to increase. Amen? Hallelujah. Act on the word of God. Those, the, the five and the two, 
They were just glad to participate. Oh, you've given this to me? Praise God. I, oh, I, 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 I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to do that with it. I'm going to do this with it. Amen. They were excited about it. Why? Because immediately they went and traded. Amen. Now, this is a parable. He's explaining a spiritual truth, right? He's, he's teaching us something in this story. It has truth. It has spiritual truth in this story. But when I read that from the Amplified and saw that he buried that, I was like, whoa, that caught, that caught my attention. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet today. Glory to God. Father, you're so good and gracious to us. You've given us your word, your teaching, guiding, and directing us. If you want, if you feel like you've been distant or disconnected from the Lord, a simple act of repentance, asking God for forgiveness, recognizing how you've missed the mark, will open the floodgates of forgiveness. And the Lord promises that he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to say this out loud, but in your heart right now, if you know that you have missed the mark, if you know that you have disobeyed God in an area of your life, or you have not done what he has told you to do, or asked you to do, or showed you to do, then repent in your heart right now. Just say, Father, I forgive, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, I missed the mark. And Lord, I thank you that you forgive me. I receive your forgiveness now in the name of Jesus and just receive his love and his mercy and his goodness. Hallelujah. Thank God. I mean, look at Peter. Peter denied the Lord and he was distraught. He was emotionally unstable. He wept. But when Jesus talked to him, do you love me? Yes, I Jesus sowed love into his heart. He sowed love. He wanted him. uh, He had a future for him. So he planted love in his heart. And Peter received the love. And what happened on the day of Pentecost? The love seed got a harvest. And Peter stood up. The one who denied him. The one who denied knowing him three times. Stood up on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people were brought into the kingdom of God. You talk about a harvest. That's a harvest. One of the greatest comebacks ever. Amen. You have not gone too far away from God where he can't reach you. But all you got to do, if you've never made Jesus your savior, my goodness, do that now. That's the only way to get out of hell. That's the only way to not go to hell is to accept Jesus Christ and call him Lord. The Bible said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Glory to God. He made it so simple, didn't he? He made it so wonderful, didn't he? So if you haven't accepted Jesus, you need to accept him. He's he's a gift. If you reject the gift, then you end up in outer darkness. Just like the one. Oh, hallelujah. Well, that's all I've had today. Hope you're encouraged. Hope you saw something, got some insight from a parable. Thank God that there's a difference. Amen. 
you know, it was different in Goshen than it was in Egypt. It's different in the camps of the righteous than it is in the tents of the wicked. Hallelujah. Why don't we do this right now? I want, us to, I want to lead you into a prayer of commitment and consecration to the Lord. Say, Heavenly Father, I am fully invested into you. My heart, my soul, my strength, all that I am. I give it to you right now. I plant it into your heart. And I receive your seed of your word. And it's working in my life. And I'm living a fruitful life. I'm living a blessed life. I'm living a productive life. Because I'm being the planted of the Lord. And I glorify you, Lord, in all things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that this word will be sealed by the Holy Spirit. And you'll see even greater things. Amen. Have a great and wonderful week. We'll see you uh, uh, this generation on Tuesday. Men, uh, if you haven't signed up, just let us know that you're coming and you can still pay at the door. But it's gonna, we're going to have a great time this Friday. It's going to be a blessed week. Amen. Amen. Expecting great things. All right. Have a great and wonderful day.